It's the Too Dumb to Quit podcast with Jeremy McCall. He's dumb, way too dumb to even quit. So, you know, he has his own podcast now. What's up, friends? Welcome to the Too Dumb to Quit podcast with your old pal Hopalong Jeremy here at the old Radio Ranch. I'm getting eye rolls already. Hey, so this podcast is dedicated to uh, the mindset and life philosophies of successful people, their stories, the mental anguish, and the uh, perseverance of badass people through tough and difficult industries, and which is every industry right now because uh, the world is shut down. But today, I'm very excited. We are nine feet apart. He's in the front of the bus. I'm in the back of the bus. I've got a good friend of mine. He um, has introduced me to so much stuff, become a bit of a mentor and a great friend. But um, he's a Navy veteran. He uh, got his BA and his MBA and is a founding partner in a handful of uh, successful companies, including being the COO of Radius, which is a radiology technology service. Is that correct? Is that my explaining host, that? We host you radiology host. services. Okay. Software. And we're going to get all into that. But um, as I understand it, it encrypts x-rays and things like that. So you get your x-ray done. It gets to your doctor before you can even get back to the house. So it's uh, instant. The guy is also a uh, purple belt in jujitsu, which is the most important thing, yes. which I, I happen to believe. And is very uncomfortable with the spotlight, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Mr. Jason Strickland. What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. It seems like forever since I've seen you. Yeah. Four hours? Five at, hours? At least four or five hours. So, Jason, I, I've been doing a lot of strength training with Jason. Uh, he's very strong. I am not strong. And um, a lot of jiu-jitsu training. So, we are part of the same jiu-jitsu team. And he's actually an owner in that as well with the Legion Jiu-Jitsu and with FitRev training here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, which uh, is a great gym. You guys should check out. But um, I wanted to bring in Jason to talk a lot about um, your background, where you come from, and uh, your process through creating companies, creating business, uh, sustaining, persevering, especially in times like this when I think a lot of people are looking around just going, I don't really know what to do right now. And I think there's a lot up in the air. But getting your background, you grew up, you grew up like here, right? Hendersonville? I grew up in Smith County. It's about an hour and a half from here on a farm. Smith so County, uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. 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 Tobacco farm? Tobacco, cows, pigs. So what's the tobacco process like as a kid? Like you're growing up on a farm. You're doing it with your dad, right? Dad, brother. Everybody. Yeah. All hands Neighbors. on deck. And uh, so you're raising livestock as well? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so livestock. What's the tobacco process like? Because my like, I grew up in the Northwest. There is no tobacco process other than getting them when you're 13 and smoking them immediately. <laughs> it it's year round. It's never ending. It's, really, uh, for a young person to teenager, it's no fun at all because it's uh. a lot of hard work, uh, and it's goes from blistering in the summer to freezing in the winter when you're stripping and what so it starts in okay so if it's springtime are you cutting it then you're planting it planting it okay and then you uh cut it in the summer or august uh when it's blistering hot then you hang it in the barn uh i can't remember probably a month or so maybe mm-hmm. a little bit longer till it gets crisp and hardened um can you exp- like can you 
right now where you're sitting smell the tobacco barns on your yes. property growing yeah. up? Yeah. Tobacco worms. That was really? big green, thick worms. Really? Just, it takes me back to bad place. Smell good or no? Like, if you smell nah. tobacco now, are you like, ah, oh, home? Can't stand it. Or you're just, nah. like, Can't stand it. Can't stand it. <laughs> Shit smells like work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... You do that, and then you hang it in tobacco barns, mm-hmm. and how it hangs in there for six or eight months, and then not that long, okay, um, maybe a couple of months, couple uh, months, and then you go in there. So you've, if you can imagine a three-story barn, you go in there, you hang it. So when you open the doors, there's nothing but tobacco, and then you go in there and you bring it, um, you get it down, and you just start stripping it. Okay, it's a long process by hand by hand and then do you guys process it or is that something where you're selling it to someone who then takes it to like marlboro or back in the 80s you would uh you basically take it to the tobacco barn and then they would come depending on the price of tobacco they would say this is how much we're giving you for this mm. and 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 back then it was really good money yeah um then when the government got involved sure. and started controlling everything, then uh, that's when we got out of it. Really? Yeah. It's always interesting. The government gets involved and everything shrinks. <laughs> For sure. For sure. <laughs> in Idaho, where I'm from, the the government owns all of the liquor stores, which miraculously have not been closed um, during the coronavirus. It's essential. I, I, well, it's essential here in Tennessee, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's essential. Yeah. But, yeah, you can't own a liquor store in Idaho. The state owns all of them. I didn't know that. It's crazy. Um, so you go from tobacco fields, uh, as you come through, you went to school, where'd you go to college at? Trevecca. Trevecca. I went in the Navy before I went to college. Oh, you did? Because I, I wasn't mature enough okay. to go to college, so went in the Navy in 1990, spent four years in the Navy, yeah. then got out to get money, uh, to go to college. What's your job in the Navy? I was a medic diver. Okay. Um, uh, so I was an, basically an EMT kind of crazy yeah what's a so did, you went to basic training in great lakes or san orlando. diego orlando in july oh, okay in july it's, it's closed it, they closed it uh i can't remember what year mm. but like yeah it was hot i uh, bet orlando in july is miserable <laughs> boot camp physically wasn't that hard i mean surprisingly it was mostly classroom yeah that was tough staying up yeah and listening and then so you go to your tech school, your A school or whatever, and then go in four years. How many times were you, uh, how many times were you overseas? Were you, was it, uh, were you stationed somewhere a majority of the time? Or? I was <clears throat> stationed, my home base was lovely Norfolk, Virginia. Um, and I did, if you're on the East Coast, you would do what was called med cruises. So you go in the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. um, Italy, uh Spent some time in the United Arab Emirates, you know. What's uh, that like? Surprisingly, back then, it was most like the United States. Really? It was real. I mean, it's... Modern. Oil, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of money. Um, yeah. But N- Naples, Italy, we spent a lot of time there. Mm. Uh, that wasn't a... Uh, they were kind of prehistoric back then. Really? Uh, from the United States. Sure. I'll... The military made me really understand that we were super blessed in yes. the United States. Yeah. Um, 
I I can't imagine all the every time I talk to you guys who have served, it's always amazing. We, I've done just a couple of like small USO things, and the things that like we Korea and Japan, where you're just like, wow, this is this is it's crazy. And looking at all the things that you have in America and and all of the all of the opportunity that's here versus <laughs> yeah, well, you know you we have mutual friend anthony and yeah. uh, sean mm-hmm. those guys you know when you talk about serving <clears throat> i never felt my life was threatened in the military sure. you know, i was in the navy i was on a ship right uh, but like hear some of anthony's stories right and sean's about just being wartime in the desert <laughs> yeah crazy shit yeah um, i mean i i had air conditioning hot but it's hours. still it's sacrifice and it's commitment made me grow up for yeah. sure patriotism yeah this the great I you told me a story and I love this story when you were on the ship and that you guys um, in thick fog would have to go out and stand is it, am I saying that right yeah. you'd have to go on the front of like how big of a ship is this number one is this like yeah. a I was on the USS Shenandoah so it was about three hundred and seventy five feet long okay. um, and we had so a little longer than my bus that we're on right now slightly slightly. <laughs> Uh, they would call it low vis, so low visibility. When the fog would come in, back then there was no GPS. Or, well, on our ship we didn't have it. It was right. just radar. So when fog comes in, radar is not very useful. So we would have to go out. Uh, one guy would have headphones, uh, and the other guy would just be looking and listening. And pitch black, and it, if you've ever been at sea, I mean – I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Just being out there and hearing the ship cutting through the water. But on low vis, you, you really couldn't go very fast because you, you didn't really know exactly where you were. Mm-hmm. And it's very prehistoric looking back uh, of how probably dangerous it was yeah. for us. But, um, I mean, it, we made it work. We. Uh, but you uh, heard, you have to tell the uh, story. So we're... we're we left Norfolk and we're doing like some trials. <clears throat> and then we thought we were coming up, uh, like heading north up the East Coast. Uh, knew we were somewhere around, I think it was Boston or I, I can't remember exactly where it was. But so they called Lovia's out and it's like three or four in the morning. Yeah. So, you know, waking us up, we go out there. Uh, Probably not the most positive attitudes when we're out there. <laughs> cold? At cold. Um, and just, there's, at sea, it's cold. Yeah. Like, there's nothing breaking the wind. Sure. <clears throat> so, we're out there. This guy was with me, and he has the headphones on, and he can't take the headphones on, so, therefore, he really can't hear anything. Right. Um, I'm listening and hearing, and I kept hearing this train whistle. Um, You're at sea at hearing sea. a train whistle. And, you know, at first I'm just thinking it's wind. <laughs> sure. Um, and then uh, we just keep, I keep telling him, I'm like, I can't remember what the guy's name was, but I'm like, hey, Jeremy, I'm here a train whistle. And he's like, quit messing around, man. Because he had to report anything I said. So anything you say to this guy, he's got to tell the captain of the ship. Well, whoever's the officer on in on, charge. So okay. it's usually a, a lieutenant, somebody pretty young. Uh, so I keep telling him and he was like, quit messing around. And I was like, I hear this train. It sounds like it's getting loud. And, um, 
then uh, he just keeps refusing, and I'm like, just take the headphones off. And he, so we're in the very front of the ship, so everybody up, um, the guys that are, you know, the uh, I can't even remember what it was called, the quarter deck, um, not the quarter deck, the where they drive the ship. Uh, you know, they could, you know, there's lights out there and they can see us. And he just thought when he took those headphones off, you know, he's going to get a lot trouble. of trouble. <clears throat> and he pulled them off and he could hear. And he was, I was like, report it. And so he reports it. The incident or lieutenant that uh, he reported to, like, lost their mind. Lost their mind. Like, y'all quit messing around. Because if you report something, they have to stop. Yeah. Right, they have right. To like we're not going very fast, but you got to drop right. the anchor. When you drop an anchor, everybody's getting up, uh, right? And and people are getting in trouble <laughs> if it was for no reason. <laughs> yeah. uh, and what had happened was we had um, somehow got turned where we were heading inland, and there was this, you know, they dropped the anchor trying to figure out where we were. So by this time, the sun it's about to come up and uh so we probably waited for two hours maybe and i mean that's a big deal you stop a naval ship from moving <laughs> yeah. because you hear think a train. somebody's joking around right uh and so you got a p- pissed off officers uh, and... losing their mind yeah and uh because when he came down there guess what <laughs> there's no train whistle or anything of course and the the guy that reported it, I mean, he's livid with me thinking, well, you've just got me in trouble. And we'd gotten turned, and we were heading inland, and there was a this railroad trestle going over the water. So we were going, you know, with the tracks, and then somehow we slowly were just veering a uh, slow turn. Uh, and come to find out, uh, the quartermaster who was plotting the course or whatever was they had gotten mixed up and they thought we were heading slowly veering out to sea oh my and we gosh slowly veering into in. a train trestle. trestle yeah so got a lot of uh attaboys for I, that I kind bet. of stuff but uh <laughs> it See, was i love that because i think so many times people get caught up so caught up on what other people think like I can't I can't. even though in their mind it's the right thing to do or this is hey dude take the headphones off you know what I mean like I that's why that's what I attribute that story to where it's like sticking with your freaking guns because it it's a great it served me well but also it there's a cost to doing that because you alienate people because sure. when people want you to go along with a certain way of thinking, uh, you know, and sometimes I just like to be difficult, you know, <laughs> with if especially if I don't think you know what you're talking about. Sure, like, it could probably be a little difficult yeah. to deal with. You know well, that I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, but I think that that story, like I, I was talking to you the other morning about this Jocko story that I heard him say when he was in Bud's training, and this guy mm-hmm. said, "I think I'm falling right. by the wayside," you know. And Jocko's going, I don't know what that means. And then the guy quit. And he said, uh, be careful about the language you use with yourself to allow yourself to quit. And I, the other morning, I literally used that to get out of bed at 
45 in the morning mm-hmm. to go work out with you. But it's one of those things where like that story will stick with me forever of like, man, just stick to your gut, the train whistle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I take those little things and attribute to perseverance and doing the right thing. And no matter what other people think, you know, um, so you go through the Navy. I get sidetracked on your stories because it's good. You go through the Navy. You get out. Uh, you go to college. Right. Get your BA. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, bachelor's? Business. Business. Mm-hmm. And then your MBA. Yes, I, <clears throat> I was, took the LSAT. I was going to uh, go to law school. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, at that, you know, I was married, uh, kids, and really I looked at, to see, okay, you if would I be went, a great lawyer. If I went to law school, it was going to be <laughs> four years, right? Night school, yeah. Uh, and I had a, a buddy that had just graduated, and you know, and I saw how tough it was for him. And then I knew I could get my MBA in two years mm-hmm. uh, of night school. And that's, and I'm glad I chose, yeah, the business side of that. I think you would have been fine either way, but uh, so you go through that. Mm-hmm. Explain the process when you get out. Like, when you get out of college with an MBA, what's the thought process? Did you have the business? Do you, did you have a business plan when you came out? Do you have a, a direction? Do you have a course set? Or at, at, at that point, when I got my MBA, let's call that probably it was 1999, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, I was the executive director for a non, uh, nonprofit, uh, the Court Appointment Special Advocate Program, and uh, I was able to use kind of that business background in the nonprofit world where, you know, back then you didn't see a lot of that as right. far as raising money and uh, using data, data-driven uh, information. Um, and But really, you know, I thought that was... Uh, just getting my MBA, I thought I would know everything about business, and it really, it's just not. Uh, right. You learn about business. The smartest business guy I've ever been around doesn't even have a high school education. Like You're talking about me right now? Thank no, you no, very no. much. <laughs> wow. You are smart. You're smart. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I always tell anybody you know, going to school is is great if that's what your your thing your thing. Yeah. But like a, the smartest business that I would put up against anybody of how he can look at things and look at problems and come up with solutions, financial solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't he has a GED? Yeah. And uh, that's awesome. So, in uh, I know a lot of really dumb people that have MBAs. Yeah. Um, and just, and it comes down to me is just your thought process and decision making and, and not being, you know, what I like about you is there's no ego with you. Yeah. Um, and the more people have ego, I think the worse decisions they make a lot of times. Yeah, I try really. The ego thing, I think, is just such a I talk about it on here all the time. I think it's just such a killer. It's a momentum killer. It's a relationship killer. It's a, you're, you know, and especially like you get into, 
Like, I mean, I have a business with my best friend, and I was really worried about that when you go into that because you're like, well, if this blows up, I, 25 years of friendship. And then I'm like, well, why, why would it blow? Maybe the business fails, but, the, you know, it shouldn't translate into our personal relationship unless there's a massive ego involved, yeah. you know. And thankfully on our end, there isn't. Um, but I, I, it's something that I just, I try to read about a lot because I want to be like, guys like you and I want to be like guys like Anthony and Sean who you were talking about earlier who are uh, both um, military guys who uh, are involved in jiu-jitsu too which is why I was really driven to jiu-jitsu because it is an ego remover um, oh, for sure if you th- if you think that you're the best guy on the mat you just wait till the next roll because somebody will stomp your ass and that's what I love about it. it's like music you're never gonna know everything and I think that's such an amazing thing such a powerful thing, especially when it comes to business or it comes to, you know, um, I think now in situations when you get outside of jujitsu, you know, if you've been choked at seven o'clock in the morning, yeah. <laughs> you know, it well, teaches you to breathe through stuff that doesn't matter. I think jujitsu, you know, you get ego choked out of you every day. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I'm sure there's some of the big time guys. Yeah. They, you know, I would say they probably have a little ego, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, you see every Steve Duncan, just, you know, jujitsu brings together just a, a vast array of personalities yeah. and, you know, socioeconomical, everything, type, everything. Yeah. And, it's like and, America on a mat. Yeah. It really is. And then when you get on the mats, nobody cares what you do mm-hmm. or, and I mean, I can't really think of a time where anybody had any, I mean, it's like everybody gets along. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's amazing. Well, it's such a palate cleanser because you can't, you cannot be thinking about anything else while that's happening. You can't be worried about what's going to happen later in the day or worried about what you said to your girlfriend the night before or whatever. Because there is no, if you worry about anything outside of the person who has, their arm around your neck. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna get choked out. When last August, I went to Worlds, and my business partner went with me. We Worlds for people who aren't in jujitsu is a, is a world. It's a competition that they do in Las Vegas for. And explain that process too. Like um, the competition, do you have to qualify for Worlds? No, no. Um, you just have to show up. You okay. sign up, uh, and it's IBJJF. Okay, uh, and it's. International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Foundation, right? Yeah. You show up, um, sign up, show up, and it's about a, you know, um, it's a whole week. Okay. Uh, You don't compete that whole time. Usually uh, my division was done in a day. Uh Um, But it's a, but my point to that was there's thousands of people there for this competition from all over the world and my business partner who doesn't do jiu-jitsu he went with me because we need to go see a data center out there in las vegas and he just kept commenting on he's like everybody is so nice <laughs> and i told him i said it's be- i mean it's that's just the jiu-jitsu world it's yeah. like everybody has a gun <laughs> you know yeah. everybody's dangerous it's a polite uh, society yeah. and i mean just like he just kept saying it's just everybody's just so nice yeah 
Well, and there's such a respect to it, too. Um, I never thought in my life that I would get choked by somebody or submitted by someone, my arm wrenched in an arm bar, and then get up and be excited for the person who hit it. Like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you really feel that um, in that community around it. And Checkmat is um, the Legion team here in Tennessee that Jason is also an owner in. Um, and there's three gyms currently. Right. They've got the uh, Hendersonville, Tennessee gym. They've got the Nashville gym um, and then the Murfreesboro gym. And you guys have been adding professors, black belts to the team and uh, a lot of really exciting stuff happening with your team there too, which is, uh, it's awesome to be a part of it. It's awesome to watch it um, from the mat uh, just as a student. And um, it's just such a, a cool thing to see that happen. What, when you get into that kind of, and, and I want to get back around to you cre- getting into Radius and, and creating that. But like when you look at times that we're in right now and you see, because you've got so many different ends of the spectrum, like with what you do with Radius and the amount of things you deal with in Radius versus, you know, what would be, you know, a small business when it comes to, uh, you know, um, three gyms, which is growing exponentially, and then FitRev Training, which is growing exponentially. But you've got you know this huge medical company that you're a part of, and then you've got these gyms. What what's the main difference you're seeing like in this quarantine and in the hardships that you're seeing versus you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> in the medical world, software, um, it's. We've always said when we started Radius in 2000, the end of 2009, it was probably the worst time you could start a business, you know, yeah. coming off a huge recession. Yeah. Um, we came up with a different pricing model. Uh, but the medical world is, I would say, pretty recession proof. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what we went through here recently is people weren't, they wanted to stay away, so they wouldn't get the, uh, you know, mammograms, the just the general stuff that you normally would get. So sure. in March, uh, in talking, we have um, customers all over the United States, so I can get a good feel of what it's doing all over the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, some customers were hit 70%, like, you know, the uh, memo-only groups. Um, but hospitals... They were hit. They were probably about forty yeah. percent. Um, so, it's uh, for us though. You have to have software. They have to have software and be able to get to the internet and their servers. And so, you know, they keep paying. Right um, now, uh, is it Rev, business as usual? Then I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, for us. Uh, Workflow slows because electives maybe are down or things like that. Our number of tickets coming in kind of went down. That's usually Mm -hmm. how we judge, you know, if it's an industry-wide thing, if, you know, tickets are pretty constant. And, you know, the last two weeks started picking back up. So it's, um, especially in in that world, it's turning around for sure. Yeah. Uh, The, from the gym side, um, FitRev, you know it we had to completely close down that and legion um so you know that's uh that was tough well 
but we'll, I mean, we'll make it through it. It's just, yeah. oh. Is there a mindset you have from being involved, you know, of going from the Navy, of coming in and creating Radius, and knowing with your experience of what you have in your revenue generating, the things that you do, um, you know, you're a, a numbers guy. I mean, that, you know, it's like, being around you for 20 minutes, it's just like you can see it. And I love your process and the way that you look at things, which I want to get into too. But um, is there is there something that you take from that going into this mindset-wise, philosophically-wise, or, or just looking at that and going like, I mean, obviously, okay, monetarily, financially, we're going to come through this. We're going to come out on the other end. We're just going to figure it out. But is there a mindset going into it that puts – you know, that is something you look at it a certain way that might help other people that might not have that experience going into it. I think for me, it's always uh, people, process, product. Mm -hmm. If you have all three of those, you're going to be successful in yeah. whatever you do. Usually if you have two of those, you're going to be successful. I'm always, you know, telling anybody around me, you know, we just got to keep moving forward. You can't stop because in business, if you're, if your business isn't growing, there's no just steady. Middle I mean, ground. as far as you're either growing or you're dying. That's yeah. uh, what I've seen. And, you know, I'm more of, I always look at the data and try to make adjustments based on data. But you know, I want to be clear, several people grew Radius uh, and continue to grow it to what it sure. is. It's uh, in same with FitRev and mm -hmm. Legion. Um, I'm more, I'm a big swim lane guy. You know, let's, if you go into business with somebody, it's good to go into business that you can disagree with people mm -hmm. and they have a different skill set than you do. And therefore, you don't step on each other's toes. Right. Um, and to me, that's the biggest thing is people, process, and product. As far as, you know, you got good people, you got good processes in place, and you have something that people want. Mm -hmm. You'll, um, now there's levels of success in all of that. But, um, you know, it's, to me, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And, and not being a micromanager like I'm probably the other end of micromanagement whatever that is I just really uh, you know if I hire you I want you to know there's a reason why I hired you and it's not for me to tell you what to do every right. day and you know you can come to me um, and and you know me I'm an open book if, yeah. if you come to me and it's probably something I think is dumb I'm probably going right. to right. Yeah, you're a no bullshit guy. That's what no. I like about it. But um, I don't. Uh, I just I don't believe in micromanaging. Yeah. I had a. I was at a place where it was overboard with that, mm -hmm. and I thought I'll never, I'll never be like that. Right. Um, and uh, you know, you've got people. Just surround yourself with good people that you trust. Like I would. When we hire people, I 
rarely look at a resume. If I can hire somebody that I know or somebody else knows and they mm -hmm. can say uh, they're a good person, especially in uh, our, the worlds that I deal with, yeah. I'd rather hire them. I'd rather take a chance on them because at least you know their personality. You right. can teach most anything. Right. But, you know, I dealt with developers and IT guys for a long time. <laughs> be some weird cookies. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, well, and again, though, that's your point, though, is data, looking yeah. at the data. And that's so if you've got somebody who's going, like, hey, this guy's really cool, he's a hard worker, he doesn't know shit about what you're doing, but if you teach him, he'll be here every day. And, yeah. I mean, it's it's your process. And and I think, too, that that's such an important thing um, for people that are creating something. And I, and I think in the – and I know once I got to know you a little bit, the, your three Ps, you know, the um, which you should just – copyright and turn into a book but people product and process of going through that we implemented it in our in our club in idaho and and then realized as we were doing it it was it had been implemented it just hadn't really been uh put out that way to our employees where it's like hey there's a reason you're all here there's a reason um that that we wanted you to be a part of this and in, in this family and so if you were creating a business right now, if you were someone who was looking at walking into this, which you guys did, you know, and obviously, you know, with your venture, whether it be Legion or FitRev or um, Radius, there's a team involved that goes into that. And and I, I love the other thing about just staying in your swim lane because, again, that goes with ego. With with, And I just can only relate it to what I know, which like with our bar – Bob is great at alcohol and bartenders, and, and that is not my thing. I'm, I'm good at the, at the marketing side and then getting the bands in and, and doing that. And so it, it removes the ego if you go, I'm just staying my lane. Bob's got his thing. I got my thing. We do it, and we never have had any issues in the entire time that we've had it. And so staying in your lane, if you – if you were coming into a business right now, how would you, what would you, uh, what were your, what would your first steps be into it right now? I mean, if, if you were creating something. Well, I'll be 49 this month. I really would want to just be the money guy. <laughs> I'd rather give, you know, I love giving input on things, but starting a business and, you know, from FitRev perspective, let's talk about the gym. Jason Santiago is the guy that's grown it to what it is. Yeah. In uh, Legion, you know, Gabriel, Sean, Logan, um, and anybody that helps instruct, mm. they're the ones that have grown it. Uh, you could probably ask most people not in the morning class. They don't even know I'm involved yeah. in Legion. And or in FitRev, and that's totally fine for me. I'd yeah. rather be in the background, and people don't complain if they don't. <laughs> right. you know. uh, but I don't. Uh, I just think it's now, if you can, just keep moving forward, mm -hmm. and and you know have a good business plan, and just work hard every day because you know people are going to tell you no or your idea is not. 
any good. And the people that tell you that are people that don't have businesses. Yeah. They, you know, it's easy to say, you know, to kind of crap on your idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think anybody that starts a business and I'm from small to that turns into something huge. That's, you know, um, I love watching Shark Tank. Yeah. And or the Prophet to see how the Prophet people, gives me anxiety. I can't watch Prophet. <laughs> I love the Prophet. <laughs> uh, but just to entrepreneurs that just I mean just look at you of what you do you travel around the world and entertain and you don't stop you don't like you know when you have pity parties it's just not proactive I mean Mm -hmm. it doesn't get you anything and you know and surrounding yourself with good people that would be the thing you know you can't do it on your own yeah. Um, and um, and I'm not a, a super motivator of people. Um, it's not my thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm more of a real world. And because that's how I want people to talk to me. I don't need people to really come on, Jason, let's get this. Right. That's not. I mean, you see, when we work out, you're constantly talking and I. I rarely say anything. <laughs> I catch. Uh, I, I get some eye cuts. Like, will you shut up? Well, it's, <laughs> and it's not that. It's just. It's. I know that's what you like doing. Yeah. And um. It's. I think starting a business, you have to have a pretty good. Uh, a good attitude, a good outlook on things, mm-hmm. and and not get uh, sidetracked because. When you start a business, if your business is selling iPhone cases, I would say just sell iPhone cases until right. you get that process down. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of people say, well, why don't you sell this with it or this screen protector with it? And sure. with Radius, that's over the years, that's people would try to get us to snap on different things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the first three years, we just wanted to do what we do and that be the only thing we do like that where you don't get it's not a shiny especially in in the software world uh in the computer world like you change courses in the middle that costs a lot of money right um and the if we look at legion and jujitsu and gabriel and how he uh you know how we decided to do all this with Legion, um, Gabriel had just helped. He was just helping out. Um, mm. and we were in the locker room, um, after class one day and, um, he was just talking about how he'd like to have his own gym and stuff. And I knew Sean, um, from, um, uh, the old UFC gym. And, uh, I just started thinking, man, these two together, will be you know dynamite yeah um and it all it took was just a little bit of money and myself and brandon shay um and michael allen kind of got together and um it just but they're the guys they're the ones that make it happen and grown to and it's two totally separate outlooks two totally separate um exteriors when it comes to just like like Sean 
it doesn't take long to realize that Sean was a special forces team leader. Yeah. It com- it comes out very quickly. Not that because he's saying it, because of how he speaks, because of how there's so much energy in the room with him. There's yeah. so much, look, here's what we're doing. And Because you look at those instances, Sean, I'm guessing at many points, was probably talking to groups of men who were going out with a high chance that some of them weren't coming back. Yeah. You know, so... You have to sell that mission of here's where we're going, you know, and he's just he's a motivator, you know, his leadership stuff he's doing now, the podcast stuff he's doing. Talk to anybody that's worked for him. I mean, loves him. Yes. Yes. And, you know, like I couldn't be Sean. I couldn't give like if we were about to go out and possibly somebody get i'm gonna give the facts i'm like well some of you guys probably maybe hey, before maybe we go out it. here's the statistics <laughs> yeah. on everybody coming back and i can't help it's one of those things where i like don't say it don't say it and then i gotta say it <laughs> because i feel like i'm letting you down it's, you it's your fact. process yeah. it's data yeah. and and then gabriel is like the he is just it's like when you when i think of brazilian jiu-jitsu that's the picture that comes to my mind because he he is that guy. You know, he came from that world of of um, and I know there's different names for it. Uh, I, I learned that actually from Professor Roscoe the other day uh, where they were talking about gi and no gi yeah, in Brazil. Yeah. There's a name for no gi and I can't remember <laughs> yeah, it. I can't, I'd never heard it before. And it was literally like, well, guys that can afford gis, they go gi. Right. And guys that can't afford gis go this way, yeah. which is essentially no gi. And so it's just that. It's just a great illustration of building the right team. When, as an investor, um, when you look at things, if people are putting together plans and looking for angel investors, people putting together things, looking for sponsors or endorsements, things like that, what do you look for when it comes to uh, investing? When, when people are talking about like, hey, here's our, here's our business plan. What's your thoughts? Uh, we need this amount of money. Well, if they ask me what my thoughts are, they're going to get my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't, I guess the biggest thing I would look at first and foremost is who is the person? Like, yeah. I'm not going to be involved in somebody that, like, as an investor that I don't like. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the idea really is because it's uh, usually with most investments, the initial amount you invest is not going to be all you're going to right. invest. And, um, you know, then I would, so it'd be the person for, I'm a big relationship person. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, and I've been asked to invest in a few things where I thought were pretty good ideas, but I just didn't, the person pitching it, I get that you got to believe in it. Yeah. But when you start, poking holes and okay well in this financial model why i don't even understand how you get from here in year one to year three you you know you get to this number and when they start trying to well this is going to happen like they're predicting the future right uh you know that's uh what you see on shark tank a lot yeah where those I, holes get poked. I mean yeah. I, I love that show yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's great uh but people, I mean, everything to me comes down to people. Um, if I'm a very loyal person, mm-hmm. um, and um, but I don't, uh, it takes me a little bit to get 
to know somebody. Sure. Um, but people, and then then the idea, like, yeah. you know, the, ideally for me, I, that's where I'd love to get is to be that angel investor of, and just giving, you know, feedback of, uh, like, that's why I want um, Gabriel and Sean to just, for them to realize, I'm always telling Gabriel, like, He's so appreciative. Sean is too. Yeah. And Gabriel's like overboard appreciative of telling me this or that. And I just say, look, you're going to replicate this. You're going to do this for somebody else yeah. one day. And it's, uh, and if we all can do that, mm -hmm. you know, to get people to uh, uh, just pay that forward. Yeah. It's want to achieve their dreams. And yeah. I mean, to be able to do that, you know, when your dream is to have your own gym and, and that comes to fruition. And then you have something like what's happened with the Legion team where you've got the right people, you've got the right product, you have the right process, the great coaches, and now the gym is growing. Now you're three, I mean, you're three gyms in one market and the gyms aren't big enough now. Because I mean, you're yeah. getting so many new students and it's just such a great thing to see and then to, to ha to be that, uh, pay it forward. Hey, you're going to do this for somebody else, and and that begins to it's a drop in the bucket that goes out. You know, just just think how Gabriel came to the United States, spoke no English, learned to speak English on Netflix by That's putting crazy. on the, uh, what is it the where the words pop up the like closed Close captioning. captioning. I mean, That's unbelievable. How, <laughs> now like, some people would say I learned English from Eddie Murphy Delirious <laughs> with. <laughs> <laughs> with my charmingly off-color nature. But, so is there a certain way you like to see things? As Like, would is there a, you like to see it in a spreadsheet, you like to see it in a business plan, you like to see it in a presentation? If somebody is literally like, I want to put this together, I want to start a clothing brand, and I don't know how to start. Um, what What's the first step of putting that together? Me, I always, I want to hear the idea, but in a, uh, a Cliff Notes version. Sure. Like my attention span is very small. Yeah. Um, and, but I can look at numbers and I can, I'd like to hear a kind of overview of what you're wanting to do and then let me look at the numbers mm -hmm. and then come back with questions. Um, and I mean, that's ideally, that's how I would you like to it. do it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I've been through due diligence. Um, where you know somebody's buying you or you're buying somebody <clears throat> and you know that's I've learned a lot from that process of where if somebody was getting you know wanting to start a company where I could use that because that's very good information of knowing okay you want to stage this so day one you're just starting it but you need to be thinking when you want to sell it you know what's your out in this is that right. you just want it to be producing income for you for you want to sell it in five years mm -hmm. ten years or and that's where I would challenge somebody to be thinking about that what is your long-term goal do you want to pass this on or do you just want to sell it um, and if you want to sell it okay here's things that um, who potential buyers are going to be looking for and you know it's Build backwards yeah almost. it um, and I wouldn't have known that 
two years ago as far as that due diligence process. Yeah. Um, or, well, 16 is the first due diligence I went through. Uh, but it, it's a it's a very frustrating time, especially if people are doing due diligence on you. Right. Um, and it, uh, you know, because nobody understands your business like you do. Sure. And then when somebody's going to try to buy you, you got to try to make them understand it You're, close to what you do. Right. Or you'll never get the value of it. Sure. Um, so um, I think, you know, if you're starting a business, what are you going to, what is your goal? Is it to, uh, you know, with this, is your goal one day to sell the bus and all that? Or mm-hmm. are you going to do this forever? Right. You know, um, so <clears throat> it's, I think I could ask a lot of good questions for somebody just for them to be thinking um i'll help this um one person uh lady start a company and she's she's a dream dreamer but really uh you need that you Mm -hmm. need those but you need somebody like me too to say hey that's great but how are we going to build fifty thousand widgets every month we don't even you know um and that's where i'm was go back to staying in your swim lane mm-hmm. because if uh, if you're really good at singing and I'm really good at doing contracts and getting you gigs, you know I don't need to be in the contract right, process. Right, <laughs> right. And exactly. You just need to trust me, and mm-hmm. I'll trust you. And um, and then and I think not taking things personally too uh, for sure is such a big thing of like because. If you're doing the contracts and I'm doing the shows, eventually there's going to be a disagreement somewhere where it's like, hey, what the hell happened here? You know, and it's like, well, look, I had it here. Well, you can't you have that. And then whatever's said in that, you just it can't be personal. You know, it's just the business of the contract and the singer, not the human. And I think separating that is something I had to learn, you know, where it's like, oh, when I got bitched at about, you know, well, I thought we were doing this. Well, it didn't work out. And it, it, it wasn't so much about me as a human. It was that I dropped the ball on it. And um, as long as I could accept that and go, you know what? I really kind of screwed this up. So I'm really sorry. And now I know going forward that I can self-correct this, you know, and, and move on from there. But that's that's such a huge part, I think, is not taking it personally. My my business partner radius ken he he's so smart and he's so good with from a sales perspective mm. and just big time thinker not so good at details mm. but that's what i'm there for he can let me vent about things and he's a master at it because i can't keep things in sure i've got to tell you yeah and but once I tell you, I really, how you respond, as long as you listen to me, you can say, I don't agree with it, Jason, blah, 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 or yeah. I'm fine. Right. And like, if I have to talk to people at work, uh, and not as much now, because I don't do as much of that, but I mean, <clears throat> I could say, Jeremy, you know, you can't let this happen again. And, you know, kind of go through the facts of what happened, but then 
I can say, now, after this conversation, as long as you course correct, I won't think about this anymore. Right. But you can't dwell on it, and you've got to let it go. Right. Because especially as you're coming up, you're going to get some criticism. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen people that can't take criticism don't last very long. Yeah. They're going to job hop, and they're going to, you know, it's always somebody else's fault. Right. But if you can just say, you know what, you're right, like you said, to me that means everything. Um, yeah. If, you know, just accepting, because the facts say yeah, you deleted this data. <laughs> right, a, yeah. There's a trail that says Jeremy McCone right. did this. And you can say, well, I was tired or whatever else, you know, at the end of the day, I'm having to pay for that. Right. Or, so just own it. Own it. Um, but that's a. Well, I think that goes with the no ego, too, because yeah. you have to strip that away to be able to see the reality of it, you know. And Ryan Holiday talks about it all the time where he says um, it's ego is is the artifice. It's what you want to hear. It's what you want to see in the mirror. And if you can strip that away to see, like, I'm not very good at this. I'm not good at that. I'm going to try to get better at it. Or I'm going to work at, you know, I'm going to practice. It's jujitsu for me on my left side. I just, yeah. I'm terrible on my left. And so I think finding those things, I'm not very good on my right either, but working at it. Um, but I think just applying those to your process, the business, I think is such a big thing. And being able to remove yourself a little bit from it and say, this isn't about me, you know. It, if you can handle constructive criticism, um, you know, Heather that uh, works with me, you know, she kind of, I kind of, everybody kind of reports up through her. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she can kind of handle me because I, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. It, and I'm not always as, She's a good buffer. Yes, for sure. (laughs) And, you know, and people will come to her and say, hey, we need this. Can I call Jason directly about this? And she's always like, no, you would never want to call him about this. Right. That might not be a good idea. But she can handle if I, you know, say, look, you jack this up. Yeah. And you got to get. And she doesn't make excuses. Mm -hmm. She just goes and takes care of it. Um, and that's the biggest thing with me is if you can, uh, I'm kind of hard to handle. Like you're going to know where you stand with me sure. and everybody says they want that, but I'm here to tell you about <laughs> 22% of people really want that because I've got a thick skin. You could tell me whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I could say, Oh no, you misread that. That was not what I meant. Right. Or yeah, I mean, would you disagree with that? Right. Kind of like, so. <laughs> Do you want to have a conversation about it? Well, that is awesome. Friends and neighbors, big thanks to my buddy, Jason Strickland. And uh, what would you, um, going out of this, what was, was there a hard time? Was there a time, it would shock me if if there was ever a time where you were just, ground floor of like I don't think I can do this just because of your outlook like I again 
you going off of data and you being very analytical when it comes to being able to say, well, this is just how it is. Um, Has there been, what's been the biggest struggle and how did you, how did you pull through that when you're maybe coming up? I mean, obviously, you know, radius being 21 years in the business now, but I mean, as you guys were all growing that, was there, was there portions of that where you're like, Ooh, this, this might not work. Well, Radius, we started in 2010. Um, I think when you said 21 years, I've been in, like, operations. Oh, come on. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, You know, I'm not one because I'm so, uh, I'm going to tell you what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not one I can complain about something and say, man, that that's bad or I wish that wouldn't have happened. But never in me is like, okay, I'm gonna quit. I'm just, I'm. It's just one foot in front of the other. Just keep moving forward until yeah. my thought process, and until somebody makes me quit, mm-hmm. uh, because that's your only option. If you say, because uh, owning your own business is, I mean, you know, Oof. it's especially right now for you. It's it's just not easy. Yeah, and. It's always, I've got a friend that always, you know, will talk and he'll say, man, you got it so easy because you're your own boss, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, you work from, he gets to work at eight and gets off at 4.30. And I said, you don't think a thing about work after that. I mean, it's pretty much the last thing I think about at night and the first thing I'm thinking about in the morning when I get up and, uh, you know, the only time I really don't think about work and that's why I love it is in jujitsu. I don't yeah. really, uh, even if I'm worrying about something going in there, you know, at least for that hour, it's, you're not sweating that stuff, but right. just, I'm not a quitter. Like it's hard for me if I'm watching a bad TV show, <laughs> You were talking about this. I just day. can't. I can't. I think I'm quitting because I'm like, well, I started. I need. You're like, finish. well, you're tired. Why don't you go to bed? You're like, I'm finishing this <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, Fifteen minutes. I'm going to. Um, and the big thing for me, like, my wife keeps so much off me, like yeah. other stressors that could be stressors. Oh, me too. She doesn't. Yeah. She's great. She doesn't complain, um, and she's uh, almost always trying to say. Okay, what can I do to, mm. um, and I just couldn't imagine having a wife that was the opposite well, yeah, of that. I don't, I don't know yeah. what I could say. That would, but uh, somebody that that didn't, that wasn't that zone around you. Because uh, she sees it more as we're a team, not, right. uh, you know, me, me, me. And she's a school right. teacher, so she's always, I mean, she works uh, harder than I do. And is she going crazy through all this? Oh, yes. It's amazing. She, I have two boys under six at my house right now who I am like, let's get them to school. She's ready to get. I mean, and like, all the teachers are like, yeah. I just want my kids back. Yeah. I just want my kids back in the room. You know, yeah. they're special people because that, that shit is hard. I don't know how she does it. She when she grades papers at night. It's like she's. She teaches uh, third grade. Um, and, like, she may help me, ask me to help her grade. 
And she's like, why didn't you mark this wrong? Because I wasn't a big school person. <laughs> I didn't do very good in school. And it's just, she just takes it so serious. Yeah. And, you know, we need those type teachers yes. because they push kids. Yes. Uh, I would be a horrible teacher. I would be as well. Because most of the kids I would try to be teaching had completed more grades than I did. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, keep moving forward, friends and neighbors. Hey, so if you're anywhere around Tennessee, uh, or no matter where you're at, if um, and I haven't talked about this a lot on the podcast, but if you're looking for something that um, in jujitsu is interesting to you, you should check it out. And and I also want to say, and I because I've had a few friends tell me this that. Because I'm the kind of guy, if I'm working somewhere, if I'm on a certain record label or I'm on a team, or I shout it from the roof. I wear the shirt, I bang the drum, and you can't get me to shut up about it. Stoicism, all that. And um, my friends are getting tired of me talking about jujitsu. But I, a couple of my friends said, well, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to try to get in shape before I come because you know I want to be. And I'm like, dude, that's it. Stop making excuses. Right. Jiu-jitsu will get you in the shape you need to be in to do jujitsu. And it'll it'll change if it's something you're interested in, if you like watching the UFC, if you like those kinds of things. Um if you go in with the right mindset of leaving your ego at the door, tapping when you get caught, tapping early, tapping often, the odds of and I don't know the odds, but I haven't been hurt and we roll, we roll hard. And I think it's just using common sense and going, finding a good reputable gym. Uh, when I first started, I called a friend of mine who did MMA and I said, man, I'm looking for a gym. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. Cause some jujitsu places are in like garage, you know, like small yeah. strip malls. You never really know what's right. And he said, well, check if there's a check mat around you, cause they're a very reputable jujitsu, um, and then, so I found Legion here in Hendersonville. But if you, it, no matter where you are, if you're interested in it, go check it out because it can change your life. And um, and if you're anywhere around Middle Tennessee or you're traveling through Middle Tennessee and you do 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 already do jujitsu, stop in to one of the gyms. They've got three locations here, and it's a, just a great team, and everybody would love to have you. So big thanks to my buddy Jason Strickland for being on the show today. Too dumb to quit. Keep moving thanks forward. For me. Oh my gosh, it's so awesome. I love hanging with him. I, I we're on. I, we have crazy text chains that it makes my day. Um, but I, I really want to thank you for coming on and your insight into the business world and um, continuing to tell people to not stop creating and to be too dumb to quit. And um, that was the one thing that always stuck with me, which is the reason I use it now. Is it was something Ron White told me. We were uh, backstage. At, is that a soft brag? A, a soft brag. Yeah. <laughs> When I was uh, tour managing Larry the Cable Guy at the Hard height brags. of his superstardom, soft Hard brag. brag. Hard brag, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, Ron was backstage and, and he asked me, you know, kind of like, well, what, what are you going to end up doing? You just want to be a tour manager? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm actually, you know, I want to get a record deal and do all this stuff. And Ron goes, well, I'll tell you something. Uh, it was an odd moment for Ron because he was never this kind of a guy around me. But he was like... Um, I didn't get on the blue collar comedy tour because I was the funniest guy uh, in, in the country. He said uh, there were so many better guys than me. I got on here because I was just too dumb to uh, to quit. 
I just when I should have quit when everybody was telling me you know you should just hang it up he was like there's that volcano starting to rumble you know and he said I just I never gave up and that stuck with me through so many times of you know touring in cars and rest stops and sleeping in weird hotel rooms and where you want to quit you know constantly but um whatever you're doing keep pushing through it and uh it always reminds me of that uh, a meme i saw once where there's a guy with like a pickaxe and he quits right before the last strike where the gold is sitting behind mm-hmm. it you know so yeah. keep pushing forward big thanks jason strickland we love you you're the coolest check matt check it out legion team here in tennessee and also FitRev training, if you're looking for personal training. Uh, Jason Santiago up there kicked my ass, this, all of our asses yes. this morning. And, uh, and he's wonderful, and he's a military vet, and, um, and a really, really inspiring dude, too. So um, lots of stuff to check out. Make sure you're looking at jeremymccomb.com. Check out the tour dates whenever they let us do that shit again, which I'm looking forward to. Until then, friends and neighbors, I will talk to you uh, next week on the Too Dumb to Quit podcast where we'll have Jason come back and uh, I'm going to let him go home and analyze this data and see where I fell short this week. So, <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>